our scripture for today, and it's actually just one verse, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. And uh, let us read the word of the Lord. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. It's the word of the Lord. So why don't we warmly welcome Milton, and he will share the word of God with us today. Thank you, Pastor Paul. It's um, great to be with you here at uh, Cornerstone Church. It's been a long time. I checked my preaching calendar. Last time I was here, you guys were worshiping in the basement. So that gives you an idea how long ago it was. It's, uh, it's about seven years ago. And uh, I want to thank Pastor Jeff and um, the English leadership here for giving me an opportunity to share a little bit about um, the latest news from uh, my end of the world, and that is to talk a little bit about uh, my new ministry started during the pandemic, uh, which is which I call Third Space Asian America. Actually, last time I was here, I was working with a uh, another nonprofit called Isaac. I started with them in 2012. And then over the years, I've always wanted to start my own nonprofit, and that's what I did in um, 2020. Now, um, I do kind of similar things as I was doing under Isaac, uh, but I have a little bit more flexibility, a little bit more freedom, and uh, I can even have my own website and blog now as um, Third Space. As a nonprofit, we do a variety of things that we've done over the years. Um, we host and sponsor uh, webinars and seminars on Asian American history, culture, theology, and ministry. So um, I, I, there's the ministry part, but there's also the uh, culture and history as well. And so um, on my website, I provide resources on AAPI, history, culture, theology, and ministry. And my very first official event was to host a private screening of this really great um, documentary, Asian American documentary about a Chinese American family that discovers their roots in the deep, deep south, Mississippi, called Far East, Deep South. And have any of you seen that? You know, if you, okay, great. Not too many of you have seen it, so I would highly recommend uh, that you catch this. This is on, it's, it's received several awards, and it's on um, certain PBS channels, not all of them. I also uh, sponsor uh, ministry internships. It's been a little bit difficult the past two years with the pandemic. Um, finding someone, but if any one of you um, are interested maybe in pursuing ministry in the future, we have um, ministry internships to get you a little exposed to what ministry is like before you, uh, as part of your discernment or as part of um, uh, the process of uh, thinking about God's call. My One of my latest projects is actually I'm hosting um, a group tour to Israel in January 2023. So uh, if any of you are interested, and maybe you know someone who may be interested, 
Uh, this is a great opportunity to, to travel with us. And to be honest with you, I need a group of 15, a minimum of group of 15 to, to make uh, this trip go. I was there in 2018 and um, uh, it was so good. I decided to host my own trip in uh, 2023. And um, I mean, it's one of the, the most historical places in the whole world, but um, I found it to be the most spiritual place in the world I've ever been to. So it's, it's, uh, it's a very, ironically, um, spiritual experience, and you'll come back different. I believe you will come back changed. I, I came back different, and I came back changed. So if uh, any of you are interested in that, um, let me know. Of course, you can all um, find out all about this on my website and blog at thirdspaceaa.org. Let's see here. Let's see, I okay, maybe if I point backwards, it might bounce off, okay. So um, today I'm gonna share a message on one of the 10 commandments. Over the past two years, I've been developing a new series of uh, messages on the Ten Commandments. I'm actually hoping to uh, write a commentary or an exposition of the Ten Commandments. And when Pastor Jeff invited me, we talked on the phone, and Pastor Jeff suggested, well, this might be uh, one of the uh, 10 or 12 or 11 messages in my series uh, that would be good to share here at Cornerstone Church. So today we're going to look at the fifth commandment, honor thy father and mother. Now, um, it is commonly understood that the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament is divided into uh, two halves, uneven halves. The first four commandments have to do with our relationship to God, the vertical dimension. You shall have no other gods before me. And then the second remaining six commandments have to do in the Old Testament with our relationship to one another, our neighbor, our horizontal relationship. And you'll notice on the slide that the fifth commandment begins the second half of the commandments. And the commandments are listed in order of importance. The first commandment is the most important they're all important, and then, but the 10th commandment is, so to speak, uh, not as important as the remaining nine. With that in mind, this fifth commandment, therefore, is the most important commandment of the second group, or the second half, and therefore, you might say, um, in a matter of speaking, if you can get the fifth commandment right, uh, the other commandments will follow sort of automatically. It's kind of like if you can get the first commandment right, then the remaining nine will follow and flow automatically. So in today's message, I want to talk about, you know, how this fifth commandment is so important, why it is so important, and how we can put it into practice uh, today. Let us open in prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, as always, to come to worship on this Sunday morning, this first day of the week, as you have implied in the fourth commandment to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. 
We pray, Lord, your spirit be with us, whether in person or online through live streaming, that you will speak to us through your word as we come, grasping for that spiritual food and meat to nurture us, to become more like Christ and what is your divine image and vision for our lives as individuals and as a church. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, now I'm going to uh, uh, kind of introduce um, this fifth command by introducing the next point, which is kind of uh, contradictory. But anyway, one of the most fascinating things I discovered in my study and research on the Ten Commandments as a whole is this particular point that some scholars um, do not see the fifth commandment as necessarily belonging to the second half of the Ten Commandments, but they see the fifth commandment as a bridge. The fifth commandment is special and unique. Uh, you know, it's, in some ways it really belongs to the first half, and in some ways it belongs to the second half. But um, I think this is a, a fascinating concept that I want to share with you, the, to look at the fifth commandment as a bridge between the first half and the second half. Now, there are a number of reasons uh, for this thinking. And uh, one of my favorite commentators is David Baker. And this is uh, one of the points he brings out. Others have brought this out as well. And so in his commentary, you see there on table two, his chart is different. He sees the fifth commandment as belonging to the first half of the commandments, and then the remaining five to the second half. And um, it's a way of saying that by honoring our parents, we are also loving God indirectly. Now, um, an another reason why scholars see the fifth commandment as a bridge is because you see on the chart that the second half has to do with loving our neighbor. Um, thou shalt not um, covet thy neighbor's house, spouse, etc. Or uh, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, the ninth commandment. But Truth be told, our parents have a unique and special place and role in God's economy. My parents and your parents are not simply or merely a neighbor. There is something unique and special and different about parents that kind of put it outside of um, the second half of the Ten Commandments. Now, this is not just a new, modern, newfangled idea, but David Baker in his commentary goes all the way back to um, some of the ancient philosophers. 2,000 years ago, there was a Greek philosopher named Philo of Alexandria, and um, David Baker uh, refers to this Philo in this quotation. I don't know if you can, um, it might be too small to, to read, but I'll read it out loud to you. Here's what Baker um, um, writes about this Philo of Alexandria 
and the fifth commandment. Quote, Philo believes it is placed on the borderline between the two groups because parents stand between the mortal and the immortal. On the one hand, parents are human and might be included in the category of people who are to be loved and protected, as in the following five commandments. On the other hand, they are partners with the creator in bringing children into the world and therefore to be honored as the creator himself is honored. Now here's another quotation from uh, another biblical scholar, Patrick Miller, retired professor of Old Testament from Princeton. And uh, here's a quotation along the similar lines from his commentary. Quote, um, their children, however, are to listen, respect, and obey their parents in a way that may indeed be compared to the way they obey and respect the Lord. The honor of parents is anal analogous to the honor of God because it is derivative of that honor and representative of it. Karl Barth has articulated this point as follows. The necessity and divine compulsion of this demand is rooted in the fact that from the standpoint of children, parents have a Godward aspect and are for them God's primary and natural representatives. So um, I like that last point in uh, Karl Barth's um, quotation there is, let me repeat, from the standpoint of children, parents have a Godward aspect and are for them God's primary and natural representatives. I'm not sure if I read it in these uh, commentaries or someplace else, but the, the, the idea behind this is really fascinating and um, really, um, kind of awesome when you think about it. Have you ever thought, it, have you ever thought about uh, your parents as representing the image of God? Uh, maybe uh, you're a parent here. Have you ever thought of yourself as representing the image of God to your children? I, this, is, this, is, uh, this is profound. It, uh, it's, it sank into me a while ago last year that um, truth be told, um, for children, parents are the closest thing they will ever see of God on planet Earth. No other person, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, the teacher, maybe even the pastor, actually, to be real. Your, your parents, um, your parents are the closest thing you will ever see to God on earth. God is invisible and material. So parents are supposed to represent the image of God on earth. And this is part of the reasoning behind this shift from the fifth commandment uh, from one side uh, to the other. Uh, think about it another way, and this is, goes back to the, um, uh, the first quotation with Philo. He says that, um, on the other hand, parents are partners with the Creator in bringing children into the world and are therefore to be honored as the Creator Himself is honored. So, um, have, has it ever occurred to you that when parents give birth to a child, they are like God in creating 
something that never ever existed before. It's like, you know, we talk about God in Genesis 1, creation out of nothing. It's called creation ex nihilo. Um, now, there's some debate about the interpretation of Genesis 1, but the idea is that uh, out of, uh, God creates something out of nothing. So it is um, something to really think about that um, when parents um, give birth to a child, they are creating something that never existed before. They are creating a human being, a person that never ever existed before, and in so doing, they are acting like God in creation. And um, so um, that needs to be uh, taken seriously, and that's why um, you know, people feel we need to uh, think about this idea of uh, parents and parenthood. I kind of joke, if I knew I was supposed to represent the image of God before I had children, I would have taken my, my, my job as a parent more seriously. You know, to be honest, if, if, I, if, I, if, if I had thought about and reflected about on this before, I would have taken my job as a parent much more seriously. And, um, um, uh, and then perhaps, you know, we should do that uh, today. Now, uh, it's one thing to, um, to quote commentaries, but uh, let me give you some scriptures to kind of support and back up this, this uh, awe-inspiring, uh, dumbfounding, really um, ground-shaking <laughs> concept about, um, you know, revering parents as if we would uh, revere God. So, okay, so um, uh, one of the points um, that I just brought out is this, that uh, according to the scriptures, the Old Testament uh, commandments, we must revere parents as we would revere God. The, the same Hebrew word that's used to fear God is used to fear parents. To, to respect parents. It's the same Hebrew word, uh, yare, in Hebrew is yare, uh, fear the Lord. Um, that same Hebrew word is used when it comes to our relationship to our parents. Now here's a very interesting example of how looking at different translations makes, helps make it sink in. So um, in Leviticus 19 verse three in the NIV it says, each of you must respect your mother and father. Okay, so uh, the Hebrew word here is yare. And this comes out in the King James Version, which um, tends to be more literal, but uh, the King James Version of the same verse says, you shall, ye shall fear every man his mother and his father. So it's the same Hebrew word to fear, yare. Now, the ESV has... Uh, the right balance, and the ESV really, I think, is a better uh, a translation. It's the best translation of this uh, verse where it says, every one of you shall revere his mother and his father. You see the difference. It's a little, respect is a little bit on the lighter side. Fear is maybe a little bit on the too heavy side, if you take it in modern uh, English. But revere is kind of right in the middle. It's not as light as respect, it's not as heavy as fear, but it's right in the middle to revere 
your father and your mother. So think about this. I mean, do you respect your parents? I'm sure you all respect your parents, but do you revere your parents as you would revere the Lord? I mean, this is something for us to, um, to really think about. There's so many different dimensions on how, how to think about that. I guess the, 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 I guess the bottom line is that um, what the Old Testament in particular emphasizes is the gravity uh, I guess that's the word I'm looking for. Is for the for the gravity when it comes to our relationship. Uh, when it comes to our relationship to our parents, it's not like another neighbor. The the gra- it, it, uh, it teaches there's a certain gravitas or gravity when it comes to your relationship to your parents that must move beyond simple respect to reverence to reverence. Uh, another way of appreciating the heaviness. Uh, the gravitas of this uh, relationship uh, is to look at the punishments. Um, in, in the ancient Near Eastern world and in the Bible, um, um, the punishment for violating this commandment, for breaking this reverence with regard to parents is, is very severe, is very severe. And that's kind of like a, an indication of how serious this is and uh, how the Lord would... Um, have us think about this. Now, uh, one of the most interesting th- things we do in uh, seminary and graduate school is uh, study the Bible in this historical and cultural context, both the New Testament and the Greco-Roman world and the Old Testament and the ancient Near Eastern world of Mesopotamia, Sumeria, Babylon, Assyria, so on and so forth. And if you remember your Western Civ and world history, one of the great archaeological finds of history is the Code of Hammurabi, as you'll see there on the slide. Uh, not the first, but uh, perhaps the first complete uh, law code of the ancient East ever discovered uh, on this, it's about six or seven feet tall uh, pillar, and then tiny print is inscribed 282 case laws. Uh, you can see this with your own eyes in the Louvre Museum in Paris, discovered um, uh, some years ago. Uh, this dates to about 1800 BCE, so we're talking about close to 4,000 years ago, 2000 plus 1800, about 3,800 years ago. And um, these case laws are um, quite similar to the uh, biblical laws of the Old Testament, like. Uh, if you steal something, what is the penalty? If you uh, kill someone, what is the penalty? And there's um, interesting comparisons with the, the Old Testament. So we're going to do a little comparative study of the Old Testament law versus the Code of Hammurabi. Now, in the Code of Hammurabi, Article 195, uh, Code of Hammurabi, Article 195, it says this. If, if a citizen strikes his father, then his hand is to be cut off. So this is a very severe punishment. If a citizen of uh, Babylon hits, strikes, or punches his father, then the hand is to be cut off. Now, how does this compare with the Old Testament? Take a look at this. Let's see. 
in the New Living Translation, same passage, uh, no, sorry, Exodus 21, 15, anyone who strikes father or mother must be put to death. So in uh, the Bible, relative to its cultural world, takes violations against parents and the Fifth Commandment even more severely than the Code of Hammurabi, that it's, it's, it's a capital offense. The penalty for striking your father or your mother is, is death. To go even further, just two verses later in Exodus 21, verse 17, anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. So it's interesting that when it comes to the Bible, when it comes to violations against family, uh, the Bible takes it much, much more seriously compared to the rest of the ancient Near Eastern world. Here's some more scriptures that emphasize, um, you know, indirectly um, the punishment implies uh, the seriousness of the, the law. Cursed is anyone who dishonors their father or mother. There's even a, an example in Exodus 21. This is a long passage. You may not be able to, 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 to see it and read it, but I'll read it to you. In Exodus, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 21, verses 18 to 21, there's this uh, story. And this, um, you know, in the Bible, we have not only explicit commands to honor penalty for dishonor, but we even have a story to, 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 to kind of like illustrate it. Um, quote, if someone has a stubborn and rebellious son who does not obey his father and mother and will not listen to them when they discipline him, his father and mother shall take hold of him and bring him to the elders at the gate of his town. They shall say to the elders, this son of ours is a stubborn and rebellious he will not obey us. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of his town are to stone him to death. You must purge the evil from among you. All Israel will hear of it and be afraid. Okay, all right. So all of this is to, to emphasize the, um, the seriousness, the, the gravity, uh, the importance of um, honoring our parents in this fifth commandment. The Hebrew word, by the way, in uh, our passage, Exodus 20, 12, is uh, kaved, and um, kaved also means to be heavy, and I don't really like to use etymology for the, the, you shouldn't really use etymology for the meanings of words, but as a sermon illustration, it uh, works out very well. So as a sermon illustration, um, the, the idea to honor um, kind of, um, it's, it's, it's to, um, you know, think of our parents as weighty, as heavy, as serious, uh, something to take seriously. You know, um, when it comes to the first generation of Chinese Americans, um, the Chinese culture, Asian culture is actually uh, almost extreme in practicing the honoring of parents. Um, it's kind of part of the DNA of the first generation. And I'm sure you have stories in your own family and the families of others how, um, how children have gone out of the way, uh, not just to respect 
uh, an honor, but to make tremendous sacrifices to take care of their uh, elderly parents. Now, as an English congregation, so you kind of may have uh, two extremes. You have, um, in some cases, the extremes of the first generation, but then you may have the extremes of the second generation. As an English congregation, we are a second generation. So I think it's important as a second generation to, um, you know, to take you know, these words um, seriously and to think about them from a biblical point of view and not to be so much influenced by our American Western culture of equality and individualism. Are we getting our values from our, our second generation American culture of freedom and in the freedom, equality, and individualism that kind of um, minimizes the importance of this fifth commandment. So while the first generation would go, you know, uh, and God bless them to um, maybe one extreme about honoring the fifth commandment, we, as a second generation, need, be, need to be careful about going to the other extreme of um, not taking this commandment seriously. Because let's face it, um, American culture is uh, falling apart. Um, how many young people in your generation, when their parents talk to them, they just blow them off? I've seen in my own family, I have relatives who just curse out their their mother like, like, it's, like it's nothing. Um, well, whether you come from the Confucian culture or whether you come from the American or Western culture, uh, let's try to strike a balance from a biblical point of view. And, and from the biblical point of view, you know, um, honoring parents is a, is a really big deal. And as Christians, we need to uh, take that extremely seriously. Okay, now, let me give you um, at least four suggestions, um, general suggestions, how do we, quote, honor our parents? Okay, first of all, um, we respect them. And I'm just quoting here Leviticus 19.3, which is, this is kind of a repeat of uh, the earlier part of this message. Each of you must respect, or in the ESV, revere your mother and your father. Uh, Leviticus 19.32, stand up in the presence of the aged, show respect. Now, this is a different Hebrew word, but um, um, it simply says, show respect for the elderly and revere your God, I am the Lord. Okay, so simple, basic respect. Uh, Secondly, we listen to them. Proverbs 1.8, listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. You know, when they speak to you, I know they can be nagging and they could be um, um, controlling and they can be um, invading your privacy or your turf, but um, at least listen to them. Here's a hard one. Obey them. Obey them. Proverbs 15:5. A fool spurns a parent's discipline, but whoever heeds correction shows prudence. Shows prudence. So um, you know, 
if at all possible, especially with Chinese parents, um, try to obey them, try to obey them. I think the Chinese mentality is that um, obedience to them is a sign of respect. You know, if you don't, I mean, it's actually the, 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 the maybe we can talk about this a little bit more because I'm coming from an ABC perspective, second generation, but uh, my understanding is for, for parents, uh, the issue of whether to obey or not obey is actually not the issue. Uh, behind that issue is respect and honor. So for them, to obey is a sign of respect and honor. It's, the, the, the individual issue is almost irrelevant. Um, it's, the, it's, the, um, uh, it's the attitude, it's the attitude, so to speak, behind that. Uh, fourthly, we support them in their old age. Now keep in mind that the Ten Commandments were, were preached, were announced uh, to adults. So the Ten Commandments are aimed primarily to grown children, adult children. And uh, in, in, um, in the ancient Near Eastern world, there actually are um, quite specific laws and commandments about um, taking care of your parents in their old age. Back then, they didn't have Social Security, they didn't have IRAs, and they didn't have senior citizens' homes and things like that. So um, there's a very, very practical dimension behind that. But uh, the Bible uh, agrees and supports that as, as uh, adult children, um, we need to support them in their old age. Uh, Proverbs 23:22, listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. And now, even in the New Testament, uh, Paul talks about this in 1 Timothy 5.3, give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents, for this is pleasing to God. Okay, so here are, um, you know, four um, uh, general and somewhat specific ways to honor our parents. Now, before I wrap up and finish today's message, I think that it's important to share some qualifications and uh, to fill out today's message with a little bit of the New Testament perspective. One of the difficult things about preaching on the Old Testament, and uh, in particular the Ten Commandments, is that you ha it has to be balanced with what you know, um, God is teaching in the New Testament, and there is um, an important difference in the New Testament. But first, let's talk about this issue of what about abusive parents? Because let's face it, parents are not perfect. Some of your parents may not even be Christian. You know, are we supposed to obey our non-Christian parents? What if they tell us to, to not go to church? What if they tell us, um, you, know, you know, not to believe in Jesus? What are you gonna do? Follow the Old Testament or, or, or why? Well, um, again, I rely here on the sort of common sense of uh, commentators like uh, Patrick Miller um, in his commentary has these two comments, this first comment, and it kind of all the way, goes all the way back to this idea of uh, parents as representing 
the image of God to their children. Okay, quote, if parents are like the image of God to their children, the assumption is that the parent is also good, just as God is good. So there, uh, there's a common sense assumption behind this. You might say this is kind of a theology. And then he continues there, quote, the first and most obvious is that respect, honor, and reverence capable of being seen in analogy to God can only make sense when directed toward an object that expects and seeks the good, that is the object that expects and seeks the good of uh, the worshiper. In other words, there is an assumption about the parents in reference to their honor. So um, the, uh, the assumption is that if parents are supposed to represent the image of God to their children, uh, the assumption is that the, the parents are, are good just as God is good. We have an example here in the Old Testament specifically where God tells the children not to obey their parents. In Ezekiel chapter 20, verses 18 to 19, God says this, I said to their children in the wilderness, do not follow the statutes of your parents or keep their laws or defile yourselves with their idols. I am the Lord your God. Follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. So, um, you know, even in the Bible, you know, God sometimes tells the children not to obey their parents. In the New Testament, Paul says in Ephesians 6, 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now, uh, notice that I've underlined um, in the Lord uh, is a qualification. Those three words are important. Obey your parents in the Lord. I don't think that's accidental. So Paul has some qualification uh, on this commandment to obey. Okay, I'm kind of rushing because I, I, I don't want to keep the message too long. Now, secondly, there's an important difference in the New Testament. And that importance is that in the New Testament, the responsibilities are reciprocal. In the Old Testament, it was one directional, children towards parents. And we see that um, in Ephesians 6, children obey your parents. But then, a few verses later, fathers do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So um, there's clearly a transition. There's clearly a shift. There's clearly a, clearly a trend from the Old Testament to the New Testament uh, in other relationships as well. Where, whereas in the Old Testament, it was one directional, you know, parents, uh, children's obligation to parents in the New Testament is reciprocal, uh, two-dimensional, uh, two-directional, in other words. So now in the New Testament, um, children uh, not only have obligations to their parents, but parents have responsibilities to their children. So there's a, a bit more balance in the New Testament. And I think, you know, you know, with God's Holy Spirit and guidance, you know, we um, have to um, kind of guide and monitor um, that, uh, that shift from Old to New Testament to modern times. 
Now, I, I can't uh, finish out today's message without mentioning this, uh, and this is the words of Paul that uh, this fifth commandment is the only one with the promise. Ephesians 6, obey, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Verse 2, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. And so, um, you know, if... Um, you know, if the, if the Old Testament doesn't convince you, if the New Testament doesn't convince you, uh, we children, um, you know, if, if, if not for your own personal benefit, um, you know, this fifth commandment is something to take, be taken seriously. It's the only commandment with a promise. So if you want to live long and prosper, uh, this is a promise, and we talk about the promises of God. Um, this is a promise that we can hold on to. It's clearly made by the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 6. And, um, you know, if nothing else persuades you, uh, for your own self-benefit, long life, and prosperity, um, really think and reflect and hold on to this fifth commandment, the only commandment, with a promise. Let's close in prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, the scholars, uh, ancient and modern, that help us dig into your word. We pray, Lord, you'll help us reflect on uh, its meaning, its teaching, its theology, that we might take our role in this world uh, as seriously as you would have us, but also have the wisdom to track uh, your mind from Genesis to Revelation. We pray, Lord, that you would inspire, encourage us how to, to honor our parents as we should uh, with wisdom and grace in the world that is so complicated and upside down uh, between the old first generation world and culture and the second generation of Western American freedom, individualism, and equality. Lord, we just bow our knees and pray for discernment and wisdom and your grace. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.